We're doing Daf Sadi Dalit. We're starting four lines down from the top. Sadi Dalit Amad Alf. And we're talking about again the uh, the Darachachoka, the exemption of Darachachoka that the Torah says brings past Hashem. So Tadarabbanan, it says in the Bible, say, Omen Chotz Modim. If somebody's beyond Modim, we mentioned yesterday, Modim is the place that defines Darachachoka. And again, we have two opinions of it. Is it because you can't come? In the afternoon, in this man of the shechita, or is it that you can't come? Uh, not only can you not make it in the afternoon, you won't even make it uh, by the the end of the time frame to eat the carbon pesach. Two different opinions we saw yesterday, but uh, either way, modiim was mentioned as the as the distance of derech lecholka. So someone who's outside of modiim, but he has a horse, so he would be able to if he would, if he uses his horse or his mule, he would be able to get there. So I would say he would be chiv karis if he doesn't come. In other words, maybe the Torah of Darach HaCholka is only someone who's using his feet. So it's not about distance, it's about time for travel. So whatever it is, let's say six hours, let's say according to the opinion of Rebbe it was a six-hour journey. Someone was starting out from Chatzos, 15 mil, the significance of 15 mil is that he would, would he get there by the end of the day? Because we said you travel 15 mil in the afternoon. So let's say it's not really about 15 mil, it's about a six-hour journey. So if I have a horse, it's to be how far I can go by horse. So I would think if I don't come, and I, and even though I was, let's say, 16 mil, but I had a horse to do it, I'd be high. The Pasuk mentions the road. So the bottom line is, it's all about being on the road. This person was on the road, and therefore he's potter. So it's all about being on the road. It's not about how far he was. And what about the opposite? Let's say you're inside of Modiyim. And there's traffic. There's some camels, wagons that are in front of you, and they're delaying. And now who is on these wagons? What is this? So Rashi explains that it means that his, 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 his wife, his children, and all so on and so forth are with him. And they're, they're slowing him down. Now, but really, he's within the 15 mil. So in a normal travel sense, he should be able to get there. He's within 15 mil. But the problem is that his family's slowing him down. So Yochul, you would say he's not Chayv Karis. Like, he's got a pretty legitimate excuse. He's not intentionally not getting there. He just was slowed down. So here we learn a Chumrah. The only issue is... The only, the only time you're potter is because you're on a distant road. But if, uh, if you were not on a distant road, like the Torah says, then you're chayiv karis. Um, I said, this guy was not on a distant road, so therefore he's a chayiv karis. Ah, you're going to say he's a shogig, he's an ones. So Rashi says he's not. He could have traveled alone. Who said he had to be with his family while he was traveling, which is an interesting svar. So meaning there's two dinim. There's one din, are you on a distant road? And there's another din, are you amazing? It's two separate halachas. So that's what the Gemara is bringing out. As long as you are on a distant road, whether or not you could have made it, you're always potter. But if you're not on a distant road, as long as there's a tiny that you could have gone, you're going to be chai amazing, even though you were caught up by the family. Okay, very interesting. All right. Now, we learned before in this 15 mil, let's just remember what we learned. Rabbi Yochanan said that there are 40 mil that a person walks a day. Rabbi Yochanan said that the, the five mil are, 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 you walk five mil between dawn and night, five mil between sunset and the stars, and at least 30 mil between sunrise and sunset, divided into two for the two halves of the day. So now the Gemara talks further about this idea. Alma Rava. Alma. Rava assumes that the world is 6,000 parsa big. And it might mean the, like the, you know, the length that the sun travels in terms of going up and down, or it just mean, it might mean straight. You draw a straight line across the whole, the, whole, the whole width of the earth. But either way, it's 6,000 parsa. So 6,000 parsa, remember, parsa is 4 mil. So 6,000 parsa. Be whatever. It's unclear exactly how much it is, but um, yeah, something like eighteen. I think you make a calculation about how much it is. But maybe about eighteen thousand miles. So she said, "Alfi parsa, alfi alma." 
Then he talks about something called the thickness of the rakia. Now, the thickness of the rakia we're going to see in the Amid Beis. It's very. There's something called the rakia. Rakia. We almost view it like the whole world is a dome. It's like in a dome, and there's a thickness to this. To this, it's called the firmament, what the Torah calls the rakia. And the sun. We're going to learn on the Amid Beis that, according to the opinion of the rabbis, that the idea is that the sun actually goes through when it sets. It goes through the, the thickness of the firmament and then back on top of the whole dome to come back to the east. We'll learn that in, on the Ahmed Bays. So anyways, there's this strong thickness of the firmament and um, that's where the sun goes after it sets and that was 1,000 Amas. So it's a 1 to 6 ratio. And that's the reason you don't see the sun after sunset, but there's still light. That is happening when the sun is passing through the firmament. So it's not in the, under the dome, so you're not seeing it. But as it's going through the, through the thickness of the firmament back to the outside, that's when there's still some light. So that takes... Uh, that's 1,000 pars. So the Gemara explains how we got to this. The idea that there's 6,000 pars in the world, that's a tradition. But the idea that it's 1,000 pars for the thickness of the world, that was a cheshbin that he made based upon what we learned. We said, how much does the average person walk a day? Eser parsa, 10 parsa. Remember, one parsa is 4 mil. So 10 parsa is 40 mil. And the breakdown was, what did we say? From dawn until sunrise was five mil. says From sunset to the to the stars come out is another five mil. And there were thirty mil that a person walks from sunrise to sunset. So the idea is, um, if you're going to take this ratio, you'll you'll see how much it it, it is. There's there, you're, you're having a total of forty, but if you take the ratio of how 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 of sunset till the stars come out and compare that to how much a person walks a day. So you walk 30 mil a day during sunrise and sunset, and there's 5 mil from sunset until the stars come out. So that's a ratio of 5 to 30. A ratio of 5 to 30 is 1 to 6. So, so, so too, and what's the idea again? From sun, we're assuming that from sunset until the stars come out, that, that twilight time is basically that the sun has, is exiting the, the, the firmament. And that's what it is. It's going through the thickness of the firmament back to the outside, outside of the dome. So we're assuming that that's the ratio. That's why it's, if we see that it's 5 mil to 30 mil, so it should then be in the amount of, 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 of space, it should be, if there's 6,000 ama in the world, it should be 1,000 ama to the firmament. Then everything would make sense in the ratio. The thickness of the firmament is one six of how far the sun travels during the day. Five to thirty mil. And now, if the world, just assuming that was the tradition that the world was six thousand ama, then we have the right to assume that the thickness of the firmament was one thousand ama. So the Gemara asks on Rafa, the thickness of the firmament is not like we said one six, but here it says that it's one tenth. Now we'll see; it might not be one tenth. Well, it might be calculated a little bit differently. Let's see how we calculate. Says the price. A person walks again. The same premise. Forty million during the day. Ten parsa. However, look. The breakdown is different. From the sunrise until, I'm sorry. From the dawn until sunrise is four mil instead of five mil. This price has four mil. And from the sunset until it gets totally dark is for another four mil. So that means you're walking thirty-two mil during the day because four plus four is eight. So 40 minus 8 is 32. So you're walking 32 mil between sunrise and sunset, and 4 mil between dawn and sunrise, and another 4 mil from sunset until the stars come out. So according to this, you see that the thickness of the firmament is one-tenth of how far it goes during the day. Now, let's just be careful. What does it mean it's one-tenth? It means it's 4 out of 40. But 4 out of 40 means the amount that I walk in total. So, but we'll compare the ratio the way we were doing it before. We were doing it before 5 to 30. So the equivalent to that here would be 4 to 32 which is the difference between earlier we were saying it's one-sixth, here we see it's one-eighth. 
That's the real difference. You're just describing, well, before we were doing one out of six, for the amount of time that I walk from sunset until the stars come out, compared in ratio to the, in its ratio to how much a person will walk from sunrise to sunset. Here the price is saying one-tenth, meaning the amount that you walk from sunset to, to the, till stars come out, compared to the amount that you walk in total. But if you compare it to the amount that you walk just from sunrise to sunset, it would be one-eighth. Four to thirty-two. But either way, to Yuvta to Rava to Yuvta, this refutes what Rava said. Totally refutes, and Rava was saying that it should be one thousand amma because if it's six thousand amma big, then it should be the ratio of one to six. To Ula to Yuvta, and also it's a refutation of Ula. Ula was saying the same thing. Ula, when he got to the fifteen mil chajmin of that's how much I walk in six hours, that's because he was assuming you walk thirty mil from sunrise to sunset. Here, according to the Brisa, we see it's really thirty-two. Let me tell you, you have to Rabbi Yochanan. So the Mara says, not only that, it should also reject Rabbi Yochanan, which is a, which is a bigger problem. Yochanan was an earlier Amora. And the problem with that, Rabbi Yochanan was the one who told us originally that it's 40 mil and the breakdown was the way we thought, that we thought all that came from Rabbi Yochanan. Here we see in the Brides, it's really that you walk 32 mil during the day. So Amalacha, Rabbi Yochanan responds, no. Anabi All I said is that a person walks 40 mil during the day. That's a fact. I didn't tell you the breakdown. That was what these guys made up themselves. All I said was that you walk 40 mil. Ula was assuming, like we were saying before, and Rava was assuming that it's five mil from sunrise, um, from dawn till sunrise, and another five mil from sunset till the stars. No, it's really not true. I never said that. Really, it's only four, and it's 32 in the middle of the day. Rabban Rudu Kato was just Ula and Rava who made a mistake, and they overestimated how much person covers before sunrise and after sunset. Why? Their mistake comes from the fact that sometimes people start a little bit before down, and some people stop a little bit late after the emergence of the stars. So that's why they thought it was five, and, and, and there, I mean, it was really four. The reality is that between dawn and sunrise, people are only going four and not five, and the same thing with sunset to the stars coming out. So, how, how can 32 work for him? All he said, all Rabbi Yochanan said, made the following statement. People walk 40 mil during a day. He didn't tell you what the, break, what the, what the breakdown was. Ulan Rava made the breakdown with their calculations that from dawn till sunrise, it's five mil. That's how much people walk. And from sunset until the stars come out, it's another five mil, which left them with the assumption that now it's only 30 mil from sun. From sunrise to sunset. And, and he, he, he would say, no, I never said that. I just said it's a total 40 mil. You want to know the way the breakdown is? Really, it's the way the bride said it. That it's 4 mil from dawn to sunrise and 4 mil from sunset till the stars come out and 32 mil from sunrise to sunset. Says the Gemara, let's say that the Raisa rejects Rav Hanina. Rav Hanina said yesterday, the distance between Sodom and Soar, that's how we got the five mil. We didn't just make it up. We said that the distance between Lot left at dawn and came at, sun, at sunrise to Soar. And it said that, that, that Rav Hanina said he knew measured the distance was five mil. So we see that a person goes five mil from, from dawn to sunrise. So the says, Lot eats you shiny. There the Pasuk says that they hurried Lot. So if they hurried Lot, he, he was in a rush. That's different. Person could theoretically go five. I mean, how much is it average travel? Okay, so we rejected the idea of the thickness of the firmament. We're assuming that the thickness of the firmament should be an eighth of the distance, not a sixth of the distance of the worlds. Okay, now we turn back to the first part of Rava. The first part of Rava, which was something that he got from tradition, was that the total amount of the earth was 6,000 parcels. So Tashima, Mitzrayim, Yabba, Maya, Parcel, I mean, it's Parcel, Land, Mitzrayim, it's 400 parcels, long by 400 parcels wide. Mitzrayim, Achim, Egypt is one sixtieth of the size of a place means Kush. Of a place of Kush. The Kush is one sixtieth of the world. The world is the sixtieth of the size of Gan, right? The Gan of Eden. But Gan and Eden are two separate entities. Eden is only sixtieth size of Gan. If you measure the size of the world, it's just like a pot cover compared to the pot, meaning it's huge, right? The Gan is the pot. 
And Gan Eden is a man, is so big compared to the whole world. So if you do this, right, what are we saying? It's 60 times, the whole world was 60 times, times 60 times 60 as large as Mitzrayim. So that's, we assume, much, much more than uh, the 6,000 parts. So it's a kasha on the tradition. Okay, so it's a, it's a little bit unclear if you do all the math, but if it means 60 times 60, you live in Mitzrayim, then it comes out to 5,700. 600,000 square, square, uh, square parsa. So that's huge. Even if you assume that's how long and you make like a circle out of that and you're trying to figure out like the radius or, I'm sorry, the diameter of that, that would be like 42,000 parsa. Anyways, way more, that's the point, than 6,000 parsa. So the Gemara says, Tiyifta, you're right, we reject Rava. The world is actually much, much larger than 6,000 parsa. I'm sorry? No, 5,760? No, no, not that number. 42,000 Parsa? Yeah. What do you mean? That's huge. I thought we said that 42,000 Parsa equated to like 160,000 something. What was the number again? I, I'm sorry, I don't know. Parsa. Well, well, one Parsa is 4 mil. It's unclear exactly how much a mil is, but we could assume it's about two-thirds of a mile. So, okay. if you so, so originally when Rafa was saying it was 6,000 Parsa, we were saying the world is about 18,000 miles. Right. Now we're saying it's much more than that. We're saying it's about 42,000 parts. Right, that number, the 18,000. That's, that's much huge. That's a huge number. What? 18,000 18, miles? Yeah. It's much more than, there's, that's much more than the distance from Israel to Baba. Right, I guess so. But that's still very small. I don't know. We'll call it very. It's very big. How much do you think America is? America is about 3,000 miles, right? Yeah, I'd say three to okay. five. Okay. That's a pretty big world that they're saying. Whether it's bigger is another Gemara is trying to debate. But it's a pretty big world. Okay, so the Gemara says, Tashima, the Tanit Vayol. Again, the Gemara just keeps on refuting Rava. Says in the Bible, Tanit Vayol, Yahweh, Rabbi Nasser, Omar, Kol Yishu, Kol Tachos, Ovech, Achad. All of the, there's a lot of oceans in the world. So all in the place where people live in the world, again, they didn't know so much of the world. So all the world is all under one star. person always looks at one star. He walks east. The star is still wherever he was. He walks in any direction. The star remains in the same place under him. So the Gemara seems to say that it must be that the star is so big. That's the idea. The star is so big that it, uh, wherever he goes, he's still under it. All civilization is under one star. So must, and we know, if you look, there must be, you know, tons of stars. So if the whole civilization, and granted, it's only the civilization, the world can be bigger than that. Obviously, there's a lot more, there's a lot more out there with the oceans. But the Gemara is just saying it's got to be much more than 6,000 parasa. So the Gemara says, T, if to reject Rafa again. Tashma, another refutation. Egla batzafon ve'akrabadarum. So we're talking about the constellations here. So we have, we have the, the Egla, Taurus, and then we have the Akra, the scorpion, right, in the south. All the civilization is between Taurus and Scorpio. It takes the sun only one hour to go through all the civilization. Why are we saying that? Because there's only one hour when the sun is overhead. So it must mean that all the civilization is only one hour. In the fifth hour of the day, the sun is, you can see, it was only, it's, where is it? It's in the east. In the seventh hour, it's already in the west. But the halfway through the sixth hour, half an hour before noon, right? From 11.30 until 12.30, there is directly overhead. So that's wherever you are. We're saying a very strange thing scientifically to us, obviously. But from 11.30 to 12.30, wherever you are in the world, the sun is directly overhead. So there's no time zone, there's no nothing. Mars is assuming it's there directly at the same time for everybody in the flat of the world. So it must be that the whole world 
is um, is directly in the same. Uh, it's the same. This 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 whole circuit of the sun is going to be twelve times the amount of the civilization of the world. So for that hour, it's directly overhead for everybody in the world. So that's how big. Uh, for for that one hour, for that where that's the whole world. So it was, it was twelve times the size of that. So it's obviously more than six thousand parsecs. Because the Gemara knew. Let's just bring out the point. It was at least you know just bring out the point for for argument's sake. The world's got to be at least one thousand parsecs. That's for sure. And for one, and we're saying that for one hour, for one twelfth of the sun circuit of how far it goes, it's directly overhead for everybody. So it's got to be at least twelve thousand parsecs. It's got to be at least twelve times that amount. The Gemara says to you after that rejects Rabbi. Another rejection. There was a there was a Russian who tried to go to, to 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 heaven to destroy Hashem. So what was the baskel? What did it say to this Russian? He said, "I'm going to go up to the top of the clouds, and I'm going to be like God." So what did the baskel say? Russia, Ben Russia, top of the Amid base, Ben Benom. You're the grandson of the wicked Nimrod. Nimrod tried to get the whole world to rebel against the Kaddish Baruch. How long is a person alive? The average 70 years. If strength, 80 years. Now, let's calculate. From the earth until the Rekiah, until remember, the, it's like the, the world is like a dome, until in the firmament, it takes 500 years to get there. The thickness of the firmament is another journey of 500 years to get through the firmament. Now that's a big problem because that means it's the same amount, right? This is why it was a rejection of Rava. Between each, the, the, the first firmament and the second firmament is another 500 years, right? The Gemara tells us in Chagiga that there are seven like skies. There are seven Rikiyas. So just, we're just in the bottom one. But if you break through it just to get to the next one, there's another 500. Between each of the seven firmaments. So how in the world exactly do you think you're going to reach God in time to fight? So the Pasuk responded, you're going to be brought down to the depths of the pit. To Yuvta, this totally, totally rejects, right? First of all, what's it? Well, the Gemara is saying, actually, that it's, he's on top of the seven Rikiyas. The Gemara describes how they this Like that's our literal physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these different entities up there. Yeah, yeah. So at any rate, so this is obviously very uh, much more than the six thousand parsa. If it's the journey, if it's the journey of five hundred years, we're assuming it's more than the six thousand parsa. And also, you see the ferment ratio is off. So the Gemara says, after all of this, totally, totally off from what Rabbi was saying. We assume the world is much, much bigger, and the Rikia is much bigger. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. This next couple few lines of the Gemara, I really don't understand. Uh, this is just beyond me in the terms of the science. A little bit, we'll read through it, but I really didn't understand much. The Gemara says, Tanur Abanan. Chach means following the dispute between the Jewish sages and the scientists. The Jewish sages say, We're talking about the zodiac wheel. So we say that the, the wheel itself doesn't move. The Chach Yisrael say there's an orbit. It's not that the, the wheel is moving itself, but, uh, but rather the constellations move a little bit and then they go back to their place. And the reason what they're trying to figure out is we see the sun is always aligned differently with the constellations. So something we're trying to figure out here is they're like one big sphere where it's all at and uh, the sun is passing through and like this, but not, not that the wheel itself moves. The wheel itself, the rabbis say, doesn't move. It's just that the sun, the sun is passing through them and like it moves a little bit and aligns and let for the sun to go through. That's the way it works. The Gaim say, no, the wheel of the zodiac itself is moving a little bit. But the constellations are totally fixed. They never move at all. So the Chachmim Umas Olam are saying that the sun is one orbit that's completely different 
one sphere of orbit that's completely different from the zodiac wheel, and the zodiac wheel is moving. Whereas the rabbis are saying, no, it's all one big sphere, and the zodiac wheel is set, set in place, and then sun has its movements, and it's going somehow like through the constellations, and the constellations like move a little bit to let the sun go past and go through, but then they go back to their place. So I'm a Ravi, Ravi says, they're wrong. We are always, we are right. We are right that the wheel itself does not move. Why? Because we never find Taurus in the south or Scorpio in the north. We always find Taurus to be in the north, Scorpio in the south. So why, what, what's shot? It must be that the wheel itself is not moving. That's the argument that Rebbe is saying. So the Mars says, Maybe really there are two separate spheres. So maybe the zodiac wheel is moving and it is moving itself. But maybe... It's moving just like the Wutsino de so there's something on a mill that was like some sort of blade that would, that was there in de or like a door that pivots, which means that things, that things are moving and swinging open back and forth. So I don't fully understand the muscle or fully understand the point in this line of the Gemara. This, this is pure science. That's what it sounds like. It's very interesting. This is one of like the biggest Marmakomas. Like this next one, well, I understand a little bit better. I can get into it. This one I really don't understand. But there's, it seems like this is just like the rabbi science versus the world science and a fight that, 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 and about it. And Rebbe's saying that he thought that the rabbis were more correct in this. Um, again, about the movements. Don't fully understand the significance here, but the basic point is, is it that the, 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 the wheel itself is moving, which is what the world believed, and the rabbis felt that the wheel is not moving, and rather the constellations just allow the sun through it. Okay. Okay, the next one I understand a little bit better. The Gemara says, Chachmi Yisrael Omer. The Jewish Chachmah Yisrael say, what happens to the sun at night? So we spoke about this in the Amad Av, we're talking about the thickness of the firmament. Now the Gemara is going to reference this a little bit better. The Chachmah Yisrael say, right, the whole world is in a dome. So the sun is traveling under the firmament. At night, it goes above. It goes above the whole world. So it goes, rises in the east, goes overhead, sets in the west, goes through the Rekia, through the thickness, then goes all the way on top of the dome from the west all above back to the east and breaks through the Rikia again in the morning. That's the Chachamim. But the worlds of the scientists say, what happens is that it goes below the Rikia. Uh, that, like we said, the sun travels under the Rikia during the day. Where does it go at night? It goes under the ground. So according to them, it makes a circle. Under, at nighttime, it doesn't go beyond outside the Rikia. It goes under the ground, travels under the ground, and comes back up in the east. So according to the rabbis, it travels in a semicircle during the day. Everybody agrees to that. What happens when it says, according to the rabbis, it goes outside the Rikia, breaks through the Rikia, and then goes back up, back up on, top, uh, on top of where it was traveling during the day. Uh, it just kind of reverses direction on top of the Rikia. Whereas the Chachmah Zolom are saying that it makes a full circle, and it goes under the ground all the way back to the east. We hold it goes through the firmament. The rabbis do. The, if, it, if it goes through the firmament, then there's no daytime for other parts of the world. Right, exactly. Great point. That's a great point. We're assuming here that there's a nighttime for the whole world, right, where the sun is not on, in the Rikia at all. Yes, yeah, 100%. So now Rebbe says, and this is where it's interesting, that they are right. We're wrong. Very interesting thing. Amar Rebbe, what they say is, makes more sense than what we say. Shabbat Yom Ayanotonavot. We have a science that the springs are, are uh, during the daytime, they are cold, and at night they're hot. So what's the shot that the springs under the ground are hotter at night? Must be this idea, because where's the sun at night? It's under the ground. Says the Gemara Nebraisa, Tanya, 
In the summer, the sun goes high in the sky. Right, the orbit is higher in the summer, so that's why the world is is therefore is 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 hotter. But the springs are cooler because the it's a, it's a longer orbit, and therefore the sun's out longer in the summer. But it's not as close to the to the springs. So the springs are a little bit cooler in the in the summer. it's the opposite. The winter, the sun is lower in the sky. The whole world is in general cooler. Mayanos roasting, but the mayanos, um, the the springs are are hotter in the winter. Says more about the orbit of the sun. There are four different types of paths that the sun travels throughout throughout the year. It's always going from east to west, but it takes different paths. Nisan ear, Sivan Alechus Bahar. In the springtime, Nisan ear and Sivan, it goes through the mountains. The Fashros of Shalom, we want to melt the snow. Thomas of El Malachus Bishu. Thomas of El goes through civilization. You can see the Fashros of Paris. He wants to ripen all the crops that are sitting out. It means the sun to ripen them. Tishrei, Mark Cheshun, Vakisa Malachus Bayam. It goes through the oceans. The Abishas and Hearts to dry out the rivers in preparation for the rainy season. Tevish Vavadar, Malachus Bamer, it goes in the desert. Shalom Yavish says, Ram, in order not to dry out the seeds. The seeds need, they're, 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 they're still growing and things like that. And the planting season there, that's the planting season. We want to make sure that they don't get too dried out. So therefore the sun, Dafka goes around, away from the place that things are growing. It goes into, through the desert mainly. And obviously its effect is felt throughout the year, but we want to know where it's like, it's what path it's taking, where it's going to be a little bit closer to. All right, so that concludes the scientific part here of the Gemara. So now we get back to our discussion of Derech Recholka. So the Mishnah said, what's the Archacholka? The Chachamim said it means what? It means from Modin and outside. We said Modin was maybe 15 mil, whatever the significance is we spoke about. But then we had another opinion. Rabbi Eliezer said that Derechacholka means even someone who's just one step outside of the Azar. And Rabbi Yossi backed that up because there's a dot on top of the word Recholka in the Torah. So that means even if it's not literally far, it's just outside the Azar. So the Gemara says, how could this be? Avogav to Matzi Isle, even though you're just able to take one step and go in, you're still in Achai of Kars. We're not to say go and enter, and if you don't, you're chayv karis. Is that true? Vatani, we said in a so back in the sixth parak, arush lomal and karis. A person who doesn't have a bismillah can't participate in the pakav and pasach. But what? So does that mean if, if a person is uncircumcised, then there's no chayv karis? No, there's a chayv karis for not bringing yourself into the chayv. Right? In other words, we don't say the way I am, I'm uncircumcised, I can't do the pasach. We say that's gufa what you should do. You should circumcise yourself and therefore make yourself chayv. So, so to, if we see that you're chayv karis for not giving yourself to brismila and bringing the carbon to bear blazer, so we should say the same thing. Just because you're one step outside the azar. So yeah, you're on the distant road, but you should bring yourself out of that and put yourself into the azar. So the Gemara's making a comparison between someone uncircumcised and someone on the distant road. And the Gemara says, You can't compare. Derech Recholka is a different type of exemption. It has nothing to do with Tumah. It has nothing to do with what you're able to do or not able to do. It's simply a scriptural de- decree about the place that you're in. And this is the strongest emphasis where we see it. Someone who is B'derech Recholka, regardless of the fact that uh, he could go in or cannot go in, it's simply a scriptural decree that uh, if someone who's outside, the, uh, even outside the Azara, is different. Whereas an uncircumcised person, the Apostle is not saying him that he's pushed to Pasach Sheni. There's no such din. Allah is you can't participate. Because you can't participate, Mimela, therefore you're, you, you're going to do Pasach but if you could bring yourself and participate, you're obligated to do so. So that's a very interesting novel idea that Gemara is saying, Derek Recholka pushes away someone and exempts somebody even when they're 100% able to do it. And that's so highlighted by this, these Tanam that it means to be even just one step outside the Azhar. Then Rava gives another answer. Rava Amar Tanoi, it's actually Machlokas Tanoim, what Rabbi Eliezer said. In other words, we were asking a steer of Rabbi Eliezer because Rabbi Eliezer here was saying one step outside the Azhar. 
and your darchoka and your good. On the other hand, Rabbi Lazar was saying that someone who is uncircumcised, who is chayiv kares for not circumcising himself, bringing to the chiyav. So Rava answers is actually a dispute in the Tanam. Rabbi Lazar said to Tanya, it says in the Brayz, Rabbi Lazar Omer, Nemer richok malkom pasach. It says a distance in the regard to common pasach, right? It says darchoka, but nemer richok malkom ma'aser. It also mentions distance by eating ma'aser, right? That the pasuk says if you're too far away from Yerushalayim to carry up all the produce, then you redeem it and bring the money. Malalon chosach ilaser just ma'aser sheni. Being too far outside Yerushalayim means you're too far from the place it's eaten. Means that you're outside Yerushalayim. You're outside Yerushalayim. That's called too far. So it says in the pasuk, so you can't carry it. So we say that if you're even one step, a step outside Yerushalayim, that's called distant enough that you could redeem your ma'aser Even though it's just one step, you got all your produce right there. But we say you could redeem as long as you're one step outside Yerushalayim. So to buy the carbon batzach. You want to know what it means you're on a distant road if you're one step outside the place you eat it, one step outside Yerushalayim. So this is different. In the Mishnah, Rabbi Lezer was saying one step outside the Azar. Here in this Tana, who's quoting Rabbi Lezer, it's being quoted differently. It's one step outside of Yerushalayim. And then we have somebody else who, like our Mishnah, quoted Rabbi Lezer differently. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudah, Omer, Mishim, Rabbi Lezer, So the analogy is different. Just about Meister Shani. You're outside the place that it's meant to do. You're meant to perform Meister Shein and Yerushalayim. So to by the Karm Pesach, it's outside the place where you're meant for it, which means outside the Azara in the place where it's offered. So bottom line is, uh, it comes out that there are two different versions about Rabbi Lazar. According to the Tanakhama, the distant road is outside Yerushalayim. According to Rabbi Yisrael, Rabbi Yudah, the distant road would be outside of the of the Azara. So what are we saying? What does it have to do with us? Either way, whether it's even outside the Yerushalayim, but still, it's a kasha. You could get there. You could walk in. So why is it different than the person who's uncircumcised? So what Rava is saying is once we see there are two versions, maybe there's a third version, and the distant road is really someone who, who's unable to get there at all. So don't ask me a stira from Rabbi Eliezer who says that someone who was uncircumcised and did not bring himself to the chiv is chayv kares. Don't ask me how that, how that works with the Rebbe Eliezer also saying that someone who's outside, one step outside the Azara is Pater. Don't ask that question because there might be multiple versions of Rabbi Eliezer. For Haraya, even the way it stands, there's, there's at least two versions. One, one version is one step outside the Azara. One version is that he has to be at least one step outside Yerushalayim. So maybe there's a third version. And then there's another Tano who quotes Rabbi Eliezer as saying that it's outside of your ability to come at all. And that's the Tano who says that the person who is uncircumcised and he's chayv cards for not circumcising himself. So bottom line is, according to Rava, it may just simply be a machlokas tanoim, whether Rabbi Lazar ever said the statement at all, that being one step outside the Azar is pater. But aren't you saying those two standards are not conflicting anyways? So that was the first approach, right? right? In other words, Abayi. Abayi was saying, don't compare Darak Rechokah the, the Torah of Darach Hohol, which is a random scriptural degree, don't compare that at all to the, to the guy who's uncircumcised because one is just an exemption the Torah gave. One is you should go mal yourself and bring yourself. Rav is taking a different approach. Rav is saying even if you don't view it as such a scriptural decree, it might just simply be a machlokas. And Rabbi Lazar in our mission might be quoted as saying one step outside the Azar. And you're right, that wouldn't work with the Rabbi Lazar who says that there's a chi of kares for not, for, for, for not circumcising oneself. Says the Gemara, Kaman Azla Ha. Who, who does the following b'risa go like? What's this b'risa? Remember, we have a calculation of the majority of the tzibor is tar or tamay. It's a very important calculation because we want to know if it's, if it's doicha the din, right? If it's a few individuals, the posh of if it's a tzibor, if it's a tzibor, then, uh, then they do it now. So we go after the people who are standing inside of the azar. So when you calculate, only the people standing inside of the azar at the time of the shkita and no one who's outside. So who does that go, like, that would be a very interesting phenomenon. Let's say the Azar is filled by mostly Tami people. 
even though a lot of people are outside lining up who are tar, but whoever, if, as long as at the time of the Shechita, inside are more tummy people, that's called Tumatuchu Yibetziwar. So that's a very big Chiddush. Why are we only considering those people? We're going Says the name of Lazar that a distant road is anywhere outside of the Azara. So then it's very Gishmak. The people who are outside of the Azara aren't, don't count because they're a Derek Rechoka. They're part, they're part there anyway. So they're Padre, they're not part of the Cheshbet. So the only people we count are the people who are not Padre Chochokah. We can look at the people only in the Azar. Whereas if you hold like all these other Tanam, it sounds like from the Gemara here that you definitely would include in the calculations people who are outside of the Azar as well. Then we said in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yossi brought him a car. His Makar was, he said, because there's a dot um, over, the, over the letter hey. So the Gemara says, Tanya Rabbi Yossi, let me bring another source. Derech, the Torah said a distant road. So what's a road? I would say a road means maybe two or three day journey. I don't know what a distant road is. But then when the Torah speaks about the Chiyav, it says for a person, a person who was tar and was not on the road. The Torah didn't use the word distant. When it says your potter, it says someone was b'derech lechokah. But when it speaks about the chiyav karis, it says u'b'derech lo haya. He was not on the road. It doesn't define the word with distance anymore. So it, must, it tells us that it doesn't matter as long as you're on the road. Your potter rechokah is totally like la dafka. It just means being on the road, and therefore that shows us Even if you're just one, outside the threshold of the azar by one foot, that's going to be called derech lechokah. So though this is a different source, nothing to do with the dot, nothing to do with that. Just simply to do with the idea that it, since when the Torah says your chiyav karis, it just says it without specifying Rechoka, we learned that anybody who's, anybody who's on the road at all is considered to be Derech Rechoka. I just want to go back to this on this mill thing for one thing, just to bring out a very interesting point. We're coming out of a, a very fundamental uh, dispute in the Gemara about the, the, way, the, way, the, way, the way that the calculations go down. So Rabbi Yochanan made a statement that a person walks 40 mil. That's clear. But what's the breakdown? So originally Ula and Rabbi were saying that it was 5 mil from dawn to sunrise and 5 mil from sunset to, to, to nightfall. 30 mil in the middle of the day, which is the way we were calculating 15 mil for half the day, six hour journey. Lamai said the Gemara refuted that. And the Gemara came out to the fact that it's really four mil from dawn to sunrise and four mil from sunset to, 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 night, to nightfall. And it's 32 mil that a person walks during the day. Now, if you make the calculations here, um, and, and, and how should I say the Gemara refuted that? that? That's simply what the Gemara said because the Gemara in the price has said that it was one tenth. And we were assuming one tenth means it was the, it definitely was four mil from sun, from sunset to, to dawn, uh, to, from sunset to, to the stars coming out. And it said it was one tenth. And we were assuming one tenth means four out of the total 40. So meaning you walk 32 in the middle, four on each end, and, uh, that gives you a total of 40. So if you make a calculation, then how many minutes a mil is, is very important for many different areas of halacha. Just to give one example, uh, how long can comets sit out for? Can, can, can dough sit out for without a chashash that it becomes chametz naturally? So the Gemara told us in the fourth parak the amount of time that it walks to wake, the amount of time that it, that it takes to walk a mill. So how long does it take to walk a mill? Pretty important thing you want to figure out. So if you make the chesed based on the maskan of our Gemara, if it's true that you walk a total of 40, and really it's 32 during the day, so then that means the 12 hours from, sun, from sunrise to sunset is only 32 mil, then if you'd break that down into minutes and do the math, it would come out to 22 and a half minutes. So that's a very important number, very important number. Now, the Vilna Gon very famously quotes the Bishita Sarambam to understand the Brisa not that way. The Vilna Gon understood that when we, the Brisa said it was one-tenth, it didn't mean a total of 40, didn't mean a total of 40, and it means 32 during the day, and we're saying four out of 40. He learns that it really means one-tenth, meaning that the, the, the four is a tenth of how much a person walks between sunrise and sunset, meaning really between sunrise and sunset, you walk 40, and there's plus an extra four on each end. 
and it's one-tenth of the amount of time that you walk between sunrise and sunset. So he has actually understands that price so that there's 40 mil between sunrise and sunset, which then makes the calculation over the 12 hours turn into 18 minutes. So that's a tremendous, tremendous important difference. That's one very important thing to, to mention. Another very important thing to mention about this calculation is that the Gemara here says that it's four mil to go between sunset and the emergence of stars. The emergence of stars is when halakhically the night begins. So that's a very important number because let's say we take, you know, even the shortest distance. So it's, let's say, 18 minutes, 18 minutes per mil. So 18 times four is 72 minutes. So this would be Mashman our Gemara, that the night would begin 72 minutes after sunset. That would be the implication of our Gemara. The problem is, Rabbi Nitam famously noted that there are other Gemaras which seem to say that the whole Benash Mashman's time period is much shorter than four mil. So Rabbeinu Tam has a lot of problems, but suffice it to say that the sheet of Rabbeinu Tam to wait 72 minutes until after sunset, until Shabbos is over, comes from our Gemara. That's where Tosos here on Sadi Dalad and Malav comes from. Again, in that 72 minutes comes from the, assuming that a mil is 18 minutes, assuming that it's actually really 40 mil a person walks from sunrise to sunset. So as you make a cheshm, then it's 18 minutes, and assuming that it's, as the Bryce has said, four mil from sunset till the stars come out. Okay, Shkai.